Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Onside Hunt. There's controversy in the AFC. There were brawls and ejections, homie. Another team was eliminated from the playoff contention. What did you think of this week of football, mate? Because I've heard some people say it was the best of the season. I don't know if it was the best matches of the season, but it was definitely the best storylines of the season. Yeah. Like the upsets were amazing. The wins were amazing. And and the characters came out to play. Oh, yeah. There's a, a few a few boys have been stressed out at this time of the season. Yeah. I didn't realise as much as, you know. It's, it feels like the pressure's getting to a couple of these players. Let's add the weather in there as well. The, the boys aren't loving the cold, I don't think. A few mismatches <laughs> there on a, <laughs> a few weather conditions. But it just seems like there's a real have and have nots at the moment. It was quite enjoyable. But the have-nots took a bit from the haves. Yeah, and I think there's this feeling, as you say, that, that goes to this part of the season. They're going, well, you didn't think we'd be here right now. We thought we'd be mm. up the top or, you know, we'd fix all of the problems and we'd just go back to the way we're playing. And I think we're talking about one team in particular that we'll get to in a bit. But, yeah, they're feeling the pressure and the weather is something we need to take into account because cold, wind, snow games are coming through. It's Christmas time. It's nearly upon us. So everyone's feeling this pressure. Like we're into the chaos season and it, it really is. And I'm enjoying every moment of it, but keep it coming, Kat. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Yeah. Keep feeding us these games because even the matchups we don't think are going to shine for the past few weeks, they've come through strong and I don't know. I think teams are getting better and better as well, which is making it very exciting coming into the uh, playoffs in just a couple of weeks. But homie, firstly, we have a very, very special announcement because we have an incredible guest who's joined us on the show and the episode is coming out Wednesday morning. It's tomorrow morning this week. Can you tell everyone who we've got coming on? We've got Darren Bennett, ex-Chargers Hall of Fame. He's a Pro Bowl. He's hit the Pro Bowl twice. He's first all pro. He made the Madden team. Like He is a legend of the game and, and really redefined his position of punter and... He's just, the story is so incredible, homie. Yeah, and you know, you've got the AFL in there as well. He's a Melbourne player as well, over 200 goals for Melbourne uh, and West Coast. So there's a bit of there's a bit of flavour for everyone in this one, Cad. So. Yeah, and I think even if you're not AFL or you're new to the NFL and you go, oh, I don't really know this guy, it's just this story is so unique and there's a lot to take from him and, and learn from him. Great bloke as well, and we just had the most fun talking to him, so... Make sure you remember tomorrow, Wednesday morning this week, we have a new episode coming out. Don't worry, we've still got the uh, preview of the week on Thursday, but schedule it in, get excited. If you enjoy it, share it with your friends. But for now, homie, should we get to the big headline games of this week? Yeah, let's do it, Ked. Well, Kat, I'm going to take us to Ravens versus Rams straight off the bat here. Mm. So we asked for it. We got it. This game was a genuine shootout and we got some bonus with a little bit of overtime. A fourth quarter that had the lead switch four times, I think it was, Kat. Wow. This this is an outstanding game. Um, first to the Rams. So they brought it. The form they'd held over the last three weeks, they continued and they matched it with the Ravens the whole way. Cooper Cup. He probably had his best game for the season. It's nice to see him back in the in the mix. And we saw that style that the Rams are accustomed to now with uh, Nakua getting some highlights and also Kyrene Williams really, really showing form at running back. So we're really enjoying that. But you can't keep the champ down. And um, Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham, mm. they made those connections that when they needed to, kept themselves in the game and 
with it in grasp, they they took it to overtime, and um, it shows the importance here, though, Kat. I was thinking like Lamar has really developed that throw game. Like we're expecting him to run, and this was a this is a game where he connected through the arm. It's really impressive to see that development with him, Kat. Yeah, and you know what? I was so surprised because, you know, we hoped, as you said, like I really hoped for a shootout here, but I really didn't think we were going to get it from Rams versus Ravens. I thought Ravens would jump him, Rams would get shut down. It puts these Rams in another level. Obviously, we saw the Ravens play incredibly well and they look great going into to playoffs in the end of the season here. We'd scratch this up for maybe an easy win when we looked at it a couple of weeks ago. What do you think it says about the Rams right now? Are they in a position to kind of take on these big teams? Because they nearly got the jump on the Ravens. Yeah, well, we haven't told the people the actual scoreline here. So it ended up, um, so they took the overtime, 37-31. And the only reason the Rams lose is, let's hand it over to Tylan Wallacey. Yes, you would not know that name because on a punt return, he's never done one before. So in <laughs> overtime, once both teams has had a, had a possession, next score wins. And it's returned to Tylan Wallace. He runs the field and scores that walk-off touchdown. Mm, mm. So it just shows that their style will hold up against better teams. We thought they would be a team defensively. They wouldn't be able to match it with the Ravens because it's all right to put up 30 against the lower teams. But to actually go against the Ravens and keep that scoring efficiency really high, that constant competitiveness of the Rams just shows that they they can compete. If they make the playoffs, they'll be a real challenger. Yeah, so. they'll be a bit of a troublemaker stirring it up from the bottom. And I think that's what we want when we go into the wild cards. And we've got teams that just didn't get there just because their division's a little bit average. They got there because they can actually battle with the big boys. And we want to see these, you know, who goes up against the Rams? You could have someone who's leading their division and then ends up against the Rams and the wild cards in the NFC. And they've actually got to be concerned. It's not just some team that's scrapped in here. They're battling hard and... I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like I didn't expect the Rams to come back after their Super Bowl a couple of few, like only two years ago and have a team that's young and even talking to Dad recently, he was like, Whoa, one to two years, look out for these Rams." And it's kind of like, "Geez, we better look out for them now. Like <laughs> they're coming in." It shows what a good system can do. Uh, they should not have this growth so fast. Like yeah, they there was no reason for them to be competitive this year, and they've really shown us that they are. Yeah, I think I think we kind of let Sean McVay off the leash for a little bit and we said look oh you know they've just won a Super Bowl they're in recovery we're not going to worry about them but he is an incredible coach we know that he's a new age um, out of the Shanahan tree as well so he's obviously turned this team around I'm excited actually to see the Rams come through this is really cool but full credit to the Ravens I guess it shows how uh, important special teams is you know we don't talk about that enough if you aren't getting a good uh, stop on punt returns you lose big games and that's the fourth for the season with oh, the really? punt return walk off, so it shows the value of that that moment in that in that moment. But kudos to the Ravens because a lot of other teams stumbled this week, Cat, and they still found the victory. All right, over to I think it was the biggest game of the week here, the coveted AFC matchup of the Bills versus Chiefs, and it did not disappoint this week, but it did disappoint some people, homie, and we know who that was. It was the Chiefs. We'll get into that in a little bit, but yes, they lost 20-17. to 17. This game started like a, the last few matchups we've seen, Holmes. They've not, the Chiefs not being able to get started until two minutes before halftime. I think there was a few sloppy mistakes from the Chiefs, the ones we've seen come through in the last few weeks, but I'm going to put it down to the Bills' defense here. Mahomes' throw early was tipped and intercepted. 
And the Bills were forcing turnovers on downs, deflecting passes, stopping the run. They actually had secured the Chiefs pretty well here. And then the Bills, on the other hand, who talked all season, in fact, all the way to like week eight about we need to start quick, actually did it this week. They actually got out and did it. And they used every part of their offense to do so. Josh Allen was making some magic happen. Like He was kind of, I thought in my mind, only a few quarterbacks can do this. Mahomes being one of them. Allen being one of them and, and possibly Lamar. Yeah, I really just enjoyed the contrast in energy here. It felt like when I watched it, the Bills wanted to win. Kansas City Chiefs didn't want to lose. Yeah. Like that's what it felt like. It was like two different energy systems. And I just, I love what the Bills brought to this game. And you could feel it from the outset that they wanted to take this game away. Yeah. And, and when I just waited though, because I remember you and I were watching the game. I sent you a message. It was about two minutes before halftime. The Chiefs put a touchdown on us. I said, all right. Here they are, right on time. Here comes the Chiefs sweep. Just what they did with the Raiders. Like, here we go. But Bills held on, uh, and this game goes all the way to the last minute. But I did want to highlight James Cook, who I yeah. didn't think was yeah. much last year. I'll be really honest. I, I didn't really see much of him as an impact player. You know, Diggs and Gabe Davis were mainly focused on. I think Singletary was in the Bills at the time. James Cook came in. Great receptions for the running back. Yards after the catch. This kind of versatile role really took the pressure off Diggs and we didn't even end up seeing Diggs make that much of a difference. It was actually the running back catching game and the tight ends. Well, this is what we've highlighted over over this form over the last three weeks is the, the versatility in their play calls. It's like finally they're showing us some some variety which is opening up the different lanes for them. So it's really good to see that they're like the play calling is really advanced here and it's showing it's giving Allen. He doesn't run all the time now, no. but when he does run now, it's a lot, it's a lot more fun. I really enjoyed the development of cook. I think it's been outstanding for them. There was actually that great play where Josh Allen, you know, is avoiding the rush and he runs out of the pocket, which you expect him to do. He basically gets his heels on the sideline and he's fading away. He falls out of bounds while throwing a pass that actually gets yeah. received for, for first down plus 20 yards. <laughs> it was just like, okay, is that, I, I never know because I guess you, it depends where you put the quarterback in the category of greatness or not. Because I think you and I said the same as Russell Wilson earlier in the season. Not the best pass to throw. Any coach will tell you not to do that because you're just flinging it up in the air. But, you know, when you make it, you make it. You get all the glory, right? Oh, Alan's rogue, baby. Yeah. You can't hold him back. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't, can't hold him back. Yeah. yeah, you can't hold him back. It was, it was incredible. But the Chiefs brought it all the way back to 17 all in the fourth quarter. And as it always does in great games, homie, it came down to one play where the Chiefs lined up a special play. And now we know the Chiefs offense, uh, if you don't know this, they're allowed in their training and practice all week to muck around after training and come up with fun and, and kind of silly plays, some college backyard high school plays. And at the end of the week, they're allowed to present them to Andy Reid. And Andy will, they present them and Andy goes, all right, yep, that one, sure. Let's put it in the book for a special occasion. And they brought one of those ones out this week. They snap the ball. One receiver runs down the middle, who was Travis Kelsey. Other is on the wing, Kadarius Tony. Kelsey catches the ball. He runs up the field before getting tackled by three defenders. He looks back. He passes the ball backwards, which if you don't know, you are allowed to do. Ticadarius Tony, who has no one in front of him, and he marches on into the uh, end zone. I thought it was all over. Buddy! Buddy! Everyone was just having a great time, and I was was bummed out because I really wanted the Bills to get this one. But of course, 
there's that sneaky little bit of yellow laundry, bit of a rag just sitting on the field, and the call gets put in to review. Now, what had happened is Kadarius Tony had lined up, not on the edge of the neutral zone, in the neutral zone. His foot was like over the ball. If the comparison is incredibly clear that he is not lined up. Now, we saw everyone was not happy about this, especially Mahomes. We saw some footage. The play was called offside, was reset, touchdown erased, led to the end of the game. We saw the footage of Mahomes spitting the dummy at the rest, but I want to share this clip of Patrick during the post-game conference and then get your thoughts on it, Holmes. In offensive offsides, it's... It's, it's something that, I mean, you, as, a, as a, like I said, elementary school, we talk about, you line up, you point to the ref, you're good, you're not good. If not, they come to you, hey, we talk, you need to get off the ball more, you need to be on the ball more. You have a discussion. I mean, that's, that's, that's the ref's job. I mean, they, you want to have an open discussion so that you can go out there and put the best product you can on the field. Um, and for him to throw that flag, no explanation, no anything. And I, I saw the pitcher, and he, I mean, he probably is, I mean, barely off, barely off sides, but for him to, to take the game into his hands, over a, a call like that, that doesn't affect the play at all, at all, didn't affect anything. Um, I mean, it's just tough, man. And like I said, man, that's a Hall of Fame tight end making a Hall of Fame play that won't be shown because we threw a flag on for an offensive offsides. And so it takes away from not only this game and this season, but from a legendary career that Travis has had. And I mean, that hurts me because I know how, how, how hard he works. We've got a little bit more to play, but what's your reaction to that initially? Uh, when you're referencing elementary school as your... <laughs> as your reference point for a rule, you're in a bit of trouble, right? It's yeah. like you're in a professional league, mate. My PE teacher told me that yeah. I get a warning. I, I know that's a, that's my that's my first reaction, Cad. Mm. And I just think I'm trying to hold my words here because it's just I, it seems like a sore loser. Hey, rules are rules. Like I'm pretty, I'm a bit black and white on this. And it was like I've seen that footage. I've seen where he sits on the line. He feels hard done by, but I. Don't know why you would when you just you've broken a rule. Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a few things there when he says that that they've not warned him. You told me at the top of the show that you know they were beyond warning. They were well in front of the ball. Yeah, there is so, Tony wasn't in there. So the statement I'll paraphrase out of the um out of the umpires room, and they were like, this particular scenario was beyond warning because they couldn't see the ball. He was that far in front. Yeah, <laughs> That's it, how, it was completely yeah, out of, yeah. out of line and. You know, we'll get to the next clip. Adam Schefter, the, the great analyst and insider for the NFL, put it this way, and I thought it was really clean. It's like a speeding ticket. You get caught going three kilometres over the speed limit. Sure, it's annoying. You were barely over the speed limit, however you want to see it. But you can't argue that you weren't following the rules. The biggest commentary I was taking away was that they a lot of the play, ex-players were saying Tony should have checked in with the umpire. Yes. So he, could have, he should have looked to his left and said, am I onside? Like that's the check-in. So I, I, I think you can't put it, you can't, you can't put it on the ref, the referee, because yeah, because I'm pretty sure if you checked in, he would have said, "Wait." If, if he'd actually just looked to his right, he would see the other wide receiver on the right hand side, yeah. which may have been Kelsey uh, or Sky Moore, and he is probably about a meter and a half back from where Kadarius was. Let Let's go to the next clip. Rather, like, let let us play, man. Like let us play the game, and then whatever happens, happens. Like the whole throwing the flag and deciding the game one or another, um, that, that, that's what hurts me. That's why, that's why, like, last week I didn't say anything. It's, it's letting us play, man. Let us, let us go out there and win the game. And I said I'd rather them let us play and go out there and, and see who wins. I mean, that's what you want as a competitor is. No, I'm, I'm with him. Why don't we just put the linebackers up the field a bit further? Oh, know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah, good point. Yeah, it's like, 
Yeah, let's say, why don't we just put uh, Mika Parsons two metres from him? That'll help. You know? <laughs> let the boys play. Just let the boys yeah, play. Let them play. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of them making the defensive players line up where they need to. Let's put them on the other exactly side. Exactly right. And, and it doesn't stop yeah. for anyone. And for him to say there's no advantage as well by a receiver already being a metre and a half off field. We talk about this. This is a game of yards and inches. There is an advantage everywhere. The defence get called for it. The offence get called for it. And the reasoning of let the boys play the game, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm actually confused why this is such a big deal for the players because it's as simple as I see it as you do. It's black and white. Yeah, obviously, you broke the rule. Yeah, we didn't grow up playing this game, so we're probably – there's got real – spirit of the game vibes about this. <laughs> like there's, you know, the English cricket team yes, about it, yeah, like, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? It's like yeah. you didn't play within the spirit of the game. Like that was cool. How dare you take it, it away It is very from much me. very similar to that Australian-England <laughs> yeah. cricket game where it's like we well, just yeah. play by the rules. I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. I that's yeah okay. exactly. <laughs> the rules you made. You know, it's, like, it's fine. <laughs> it's, that's what I'm vibing at the moment. It's just like, oh, it, I just, yeah. it's a simple one for me. And it's, it, but it's, what a blow up, though! Yeah, it's what a very entertaining, and and because he is the face of the franchise, not only of the Chiefs, but I mean face of the league of the NFL. He's yelling directly at the refs. People are assuming, and this is backed by Adam Schefter as well, that uh, Patrick and Andy Reid will face fines for what they oh, said. Oh, Andy Reid said it in the press conference. He said, "Find me," but I'm saying it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they don't like it when you uh, you argue with the refs and and the Lord rulers. But I think it's very fair. Look, I think it's fair. Tell them your complaints or whatever. Maybe they'll adjust the game. But the way this is coming across is horrific PR for the Chiefs. I feel they just look like sad little losers, sad little boys. And Josh Allen, I think he must be stoked. He's just skipping out oh, of here. It, it's a shame they, that it took over their victory because it was a huge win. I feel like everyone else in the league though is going, ooh, <laughs> boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ooh, they've lost it. Yeah, they've yeah, absolutely yeah. lost it. They're on tilt, fellas. <laughs> that's, like... what, that's what 35 drops in a season does to oh, you, fellas. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, this, is not a, this is not the one play. This is a build-up of tension for sure. Well, it's don't like... worry because they're up against the Patriots next week, so they should mm. be feeling, come on, Bill, yeah. pull it together Bill. for one more win. <laughs> oh, look at us getting on Bill's bandwagon. <laughs> Oh, gosh, now we're in trouble. Oh, it's all happening. It's getting dramatic. I'm excited, but we're going to go over to the NFC South, homie. All right, before we get to the roundup, homie, there is one division. We talk about it every week, and we think that they deserve their own segment because it's just a narrative every single weekend they switch places. There's a new king. Thought, homie, for our new listeners who may not know, can you tell us why the NFC South is so interesting? Well, it's not for the right reasons, and I'll take away that word, the king, because there's no king of this car. So uh, <laughs> it's like why you drive slowly past a car accident. You know, this is why we're interested. <laughs> it's like, uh, ooh, what's happened here? What is this? What, what's, what's led to this moment? And that's why we enjoy Enjoy, intrigued by. Yeah, I think. Yeah, maybe. the NFC, the NFC South, because yeah. none of them have a winning record this season, but one of them will be in the playoffs. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and they all versed each other this week, homie. Yeah, so I'll kick it off. So we've got the Saints versus the Panthers. The Panthers, as you said last week, eliminated from 
playoff contention, even though that's hard to think that wasn't six weeks ago, as they have only won one game. The Saints took care of business here, Cad. They got the W. We move on. Card got through the game without any concussion, but mm-hmm. apparently, apparently has broken three ribs. Oh, I, I didn't read that. Man. Yeah, that's what he's... That's I, I've got to check it to make sure it's 100% real, but that's what they're saying. So... But they get through the game pretty much unscathed. They got the W. Yeah. What else happened? In- well, well, the uh, the winners, well, last week's winners of the league came up against the Buccaneers. It's the Falcons versus the Bucks. Tampa Bay overthrew them, winning twenty nine to twenty five, and it's just ridiculous. This league that we, we, we've got a new leader, and that's that's how it all looks like with this top three. Panthers obviously out of contention, okay. but we're, we're going to see jump rope every single week here. All right, let's go to the table. Let's read it out. What have we got? Tampa Bay on top, six and seven. Falcons second, six and seven. New Orleans Saints, six and seven. Uh, we're not talking about Panthers. One They're and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> It was then, it was an interesting game, honestly, Hobie. And I think we do need to highlight these teams. And obviously, Falcons, anyone who versus the Panthers, they're not going to get a shining review of how great their game was just due to their team that they were up against. But it was interesting, I think, when you look at the tape, how the Bucks' offense progressed the ball and, and won this game. I said last week that Mike Evans needs to be employed, be the main target, main focus, heavily involved. Not the case this week. No. Evans had one reception in this game, and instead, they ran the ball really hard this week. Rashad White collected 102 yards, and Chase Edmonds took 40. Falcons, on the other hand, I think played a pretty damn decent game and played the exact opposite of offense. And this is the team with three capable running backs. They had Desmond Ritter throw for 347 yards, which was double Baker's yards. Drake London played a hell of a game, and I don't know if... Desmond Ritter was just on today. I thought he was quite good, and and my um, Drake London's making him look better. I wanted to ask you, homie. He's twenty four. He's in his second year in the league. I know he's already been benched this season and brought back. He really shows moments of greatness, though. When I saw that in this game, and there was some incredible deep balls. Do you think there's kind of a spot for him? as a starting QB in the league, or is he going to become the next journeyman? I'm putting on the journeyman tag. I just I just struggle to see, like, he's going to win this game. These are games. Like, I know everyone says, oh, he's, he was good in moments, but it's... Mm, that's a, exactly they're, they're, they're great moments when they, when they yeah, happen. Yeah, but it's like, you need a sustained game within a s- sustained system. And it's just like, they are chalking up the wins like they should be with this, this team. They were number one. They go win, they stay number one and create a gap, and they haven't done that. And yeah. it's just so, uh, and unfortunately, I sort of think that sits with your quarterback when they went with a heavily throwing game. So, yeah, well, I think this is the best game I've seen out of this division all season. And uh, credits to, we're getting to the end of the season. These guys have had more experience and time together. They're working out different things that are working. And I think Tampa Bay's defense 100% kept them in this game. I think Carlton Davis, uh, Davis, shout out to him, had one of the most precise interceptions I've ever seen, um, which put them in position to win the game. Did come down to the clock here, homie. And I feel the Bucs just used more time up on their second last possession. And the Falcons only had 30 seconds to score. Nearly thought they were going to pull it off. And Desmond Ritter threw some amazing passes to Drake London, but simply just ran out of time. I actually enjoyed this matchup. I honestly think it was one of the one of the best games of the week, which is I've never thought I'd say about the NFC South, and and many would disagree. But I think in this division, as we said, homie, you're only as good as your next win. Oh, do you have any 
Okay, we, we talked about this early in the season. I may as well ask it now. Who do you think is going to win this division? Oh, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. No, come on. Pick someone. <laughs> I can't even remember who I was decided there. I think we said the, the Saints early in the season. I still think the Falcons look the better. I agree. Like, in terms of, like, they just look the better. Mm. Can and they then, just click? Yeah, Can they, they just, just click? click they've me? got more options as well. And I feel like, as I said, with the run game and the passing game, and we saw the passing game light up, you know, get a, get a hybrid going and get this team churning because mm. take the pressure off Jasmine Ridding to not have to throw 347 yards because we know he's going to make a mistake. But it's tight. Six and seven across the top three. So we'll uh, keep you updated next week. But now we should get back into the actual round. All right, let's get to some real games. <laughs> Real division. <laughs> Real division. <laughs> All right, let me take you to what was that? One of our headline games that for the week coming, we've got the Dallas Cowboys versus Philly. Unfortunately, it's what I was not hoping for as Dallas ran out 33 to 13 winners here. Cad, the Cowboys had the energy, the moments, the tempo mm. all through this game. Uh, this was a statement game for them, and they showed up. Dak Prescott was continued his form. He looked great. CeeDee Lamb got another touchdown, so that's five in a row for five weeks. I think he's broke a record for them. I'll have to check that stat, but it is uh, they're churning along, cat. And it was not only their offense, but it was their defense as well, led by Stephon Gilmore. Um, they suffocated the Philly at moments. It looked like Philly just had no options or choices. We saw um, we saw Hertz on the bench look like almost distressed, asking yeah. for give me some plays, give me some plays that we can run because uh, they're suffocating me out here. But it was a it was a really solid performance by the Cowboys here, Ken. Yeah, they came in strong, and, and the opening drive they cut through the Eagles' defense like butter, and it was just you know we were hoping for a good game, and I still had a little bit of hope. But once you see that play. And then you see the response from the Eagles who, as you say, they have this pressure. It looks like they literally have less space between them. They look tired yeah. on the back foot. Even the commentators pointed out what we've been talking about the past few weeks that the Eagles defense just looks like it needs a rest. Like they have been it. on the field it, it, a lot. We sort of previewed that. It's like, can you decide a game by energy? And it was, it mm. was, it was old and new. One yeah. team looked crisp, and they were in their crisp white outfit as well. So yes. it looked like they look fresh. <laughs> America's team, and it, yeah. And it was, uh, but I did want to. Have you seen? Have you ever seen a game where the punches and strips have been more effective though? Oh, like, and it just feels like the league the past few weeks where they're just mm. on a dime stripping these balls out in key moments, and it wasn't. I don't. I just don't think it was a big as big a part of a game as it has been this season because. Anytime the Eagles got just a little bit of hope and they're at the 20 yeah. yard line, they look like they're on an offensive scoring drive. Perfect strip, perfect punch of the ball, turnover, Cowboys get it and uh, just deflates. The defense has to come back out and they get exhausted once again. It was, yeah, it was like one of the best I've seen and they were so good at it. But I'll, I'll highlight um, someone here uh, the kicker, uh, Brandon Aubrey. Mm. Now, not your normal path to. Not your normal path to NFL, ex-soccer player. But he's the only one left, I think, with the perfect record. Uh, and in a week where kickers were pretty poor, Kate. Yeah, there was a lot of missed kicks this week. There was. A, I thought we'd better highlight one who showed up and did his job, and he nailed it. I think he kicked one from 60, 59, 45, and 50 yards. 
Yeah, because right. the commentators came over the top and they said, Cowboys haven't punted since Thanksgiving. And, you know, they're yeah. 60 yards from the field goal. And I was like, oh, cool, good. They're going to punt here. Maybe that's a good sign. And then they, they just took a 60-yard field goal instead. <laughs> and they made it. I'm like, oh, are you kidding? Yeah, so he's the first kicker to ever score a 60 and a 59-yard field goal in the same game. Like, yeah. So he had an outstanding day. So over, well done to him when others fumbled. I know your boy, Ku. Didn't have a great day for the Let's not talk Falcons. About it. <laughs> yeah, we'll move on quickly. But my question is for you: Are you, are you? Is it time to worry about Philly? Are you worried about? Philly? I am actually worried about Philly. I'll be honest. I, I think there's you know people who are like I think they're a good team for sure. But in the context that I'm looking at, Philadelphia is in the NFC playoff game, and obviously we've seen them go against the Chiefs, the Niners, the Cowboys. You know, the, their enemies. That's the context of their game right now. And they got straight trounced. Like, their defense couldn't handle it and their offense got shut down. Sure, they might need a break, but they're not going to get it because they're not getting the number one seed, I think, by the end of this season. We've got Cowboys 10-3, and three, Eagles 10-3, and three, 49ers 10-3, and three, Lions 9-4 and four as well. So I, I am worried. I don't think they're going to get a break. They still have greatness in them, but just I think the 49ers are way too balanced and the Cowboys' offense is just looking painful right now. Not to mention their defense is also comparable. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's that defense at the moment looks so tired, like so tired. Mm. They just where are they going to get a fresh up from? I don't know. Yeah, I, maybe there's some a game in this in this streak that they can have, like get a freshen up out of a victory. Yeah. Maybe that's what they need. Um, but they just need just need something to go their way because it's a it's a hard slog from here. Hey, you know. They don't have to beat the 49ers and the Cowboys to get through. Other teams could maybe do it. You don't know. The NFL is a weird and wonderful thing in the playoffs. The one benefit is they're 10-3. Yes. So they're, they're, <laughs> they've done the work already. Yes. So they, there's a good chance they're going. So Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to see. But it makes the race even more interesting. God, what a string of matchups of the Eagles. God, I hope they... Do you know who they've got next week? I don't know. Let's have I'll a look here. His... they got the Seahawks, which I don't think nah. that's an easy... Like, I think nah, they should still win it, but that's not an easy game for them. They're yeah. not taking the foot off the break there. And you've got to have, and you've got to have a punch-up in it, so it's always difficult. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. If DK Metcalf can stay in the game, we'll get to that in that's just a it. bit. Yeah. But they're, they're finishing off this season with the Giants, Cardinals, and the Giants. Uh, so we'll see what comes from that. All right, moving it on to the Bengals versus the Colts. And the Bengals seemingly have something cooking here for the last few weeks trying to crack into the playoffs because Jake Browning's done it again and led the Bengals to a 34-14 to victory over the Colts. And, homie, I was a bit conflicted here because, you know, we find it really exciting to see a great new quarterback kind of come out of nowhere and he played really, really well. I didn't enjoy seeing the Colts lose, though. I really like oh. this underdog Gardner Minshew-led team and it, it kind of hurt a little bit. Yeah, it was a, and it was the first week I got on board. And now, <laughs> now I'm off. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, they'll win no, next week was, then. That makes sense. I, I, I feel like it was a more impressive win by the Bengals and a, a bad loss for the Colts. Like yeah. I, I, I actually was quite impressed by the Bengals. And it's okay, Colts. You, you're on. You're a young team. You, you got to have these missteps. Just turn up next week for me. Yeah, yeah I, I think the Colts. You know. Due for a loss, maybe. They've been having a bit of yeah. a run here. Uh, but the Bengals controlled this game in all four quarters. Browning continued his admirable stats. Not as record-breaking as last uh, last week, but still pretty damn good. But it was the running backs, homie, that jumped out to us. And 
Joe Mixon's obviously been having a hell of a season. Then there was this other bloke called Chase oh. Brown. I was so confused. I thought, Chase? Like, Jamar? Chase? <laughs> yeah. Chase? Yeah. It's like, he looks different. He looks stocky. <laughs> and you, you had a right to be confused between Jamar Chase and Chase Brown because Chase Brown was in the receiving role. And I have to double check, he is the running back. But he collected 25 rushing yards and then 80 receiving yards off three passes, plus a tutty. Yeah. Uh, it's a new chase in town. It was okay, cool. Right, just keep yeah. pulling these players out of nowhere, Bengals. But also great to see T. Higgins uh, have a standout game because Jamar didn't as much. And I don't know if it's the Browning connection with T, but they they had a hell of a game. So well done to the Bengals. Yeah, really solid performance there. Um, moving on, we're going all the way back, Code. Back to their Thursday, our Friday game. So we had the Steelers versus the Patriots. And let me freshen the mind up here. <laughs> so we know the Steelers have the, their problems on offense. And the defense is usually pretty solid. But they've given up 21 points in the first half to the Pats. Yeah, it surprised everyone. If it didn't surprise you, you're, there's something wrong with you. That's crazy. From there, we think, okay, normal. Normal Steelers, they'll just work their way back into the game and they'll go, yeah, but they just look to have nothing here, Cad, as they ended up rolling out 21 to 18 losers. Now, I know, or you think, oh, that's only a one-score game, but I didn't, this is the first time I didn't think they were going to win it. I just did not see them fighting back. they could not get anything going. Kenny Pickett's gone, but even beyond that, it was just really, really poor. And credit to the Patriots here, Zappi had a game. Oh, yeah, he, he really wants a job. Yeah, Good he really you. wants a job. I don't yeah. know if it's at the Patriots or anywhere else, but Zappi played one hell of a game and it was kind of reminiscent of what we saw when he first took to the field I think last year when he came into everyone's mind. He outplayed. He played better than Mac has all season, that's for sure, but he's also still an inconsistent quarterback. But it's a, it's alert here for the Steelers looking solid to make the playoffs. They've now lost to two and 10 team twice in a row. I don't like Never it. Never happened before. Yeah. That's just, you can't play playoffs with that, Cad. No, not play. at all. And I think we're going to yeah. see them fall well off the ladder here. There was some news out of this game, Cad, though. Um, yeah. The Patriots are officially eliminated from playoff contention mm. at the earliest point since 2000. And I believe you wanted to share a few words as we say goodbye to their 2020 season. Oh, the Patriots. Once so mighty, you've fallen once again. The bitter sting of being 3-10 and may hurt now, but we hope it humbles you as you progress through the realm of irrelevancy. Maybe it was the absence of Brady. Maybe it was the fact that you switched quarterbacks multiple times mid-season. Or maybe it was the fact that your coaches refused to adapt to the modern game. Whatever it was, the Chargers still beat you 6-0, and the grief of that game we all carry with us. So I want to say thank you, Patriots, and we'll see you in the next world. Maybe without Mac, maybe without Bill, but we will see you at the 2024 draft. Oh, bless. Oh, oh. I don't know why I'm applauding. That was supposed to be sad, wasn't it? <laughs> Who does that to an obituary? <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Oh, said it is set. Oh. Okay. Thank you, Ken. Get us on. Move us on. In happy news. I'm crying here. I've got tears here. 
In happier news, I guess, we've got the Jets versus the Texans. And what the hell was this game? Had the most inconceivable result ever. Texans scored six points. The New York Jets scored 30 points, homie. Are you serious? Quarter one, zero points scored. Quarter two, zero points scored. Quarter three, 20 points scored. Quarter four, 16 points scored. This game was nuts. I do not know how to review this game (laughs) other than... (laughs) The pure carnage for the Texans on their injury front. I don't know if you've picked up their injuries, Cad, but it is not good. Yeah, I've got those in here, and I think they're the big question in this game. And I guess let's give Zach Wilson his chocolates. He came off the bench. Yeah, let's do that. He returned to the starting position, clearly did him some good. 75% completion rate, 301 yards and two tutties. Having the time of his life with Garrett Wilson and, and Brees Hall and even Randall Cobb got a touchdown. Do you remember him? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Even the commentator said, like, who's this guy? <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. He's here now. Yeah, we forgot about this. So they, oh. had a, they had a game and a half, and it was great to see Zach and, and Salah smiling again. But the big question here is really what the hell happened to the Texans? And they were shut down early by the Jets' defense. And I kind of forgot that the Jets have a great defense, or they had the bones of one. Well before CJ Stroud left with a concussion, which is very devastating news at this point in the season. They had them all over. It was shut down. They weren't getting much through. Tank Dell was already out this game, and the Texans were dealt another blow with Nico Collins, who went out early with an injured calf, I believe, homie. Yeah, it was an injured calf. And then we also saw some other injuries come through. So linebacker Blake Cashman did a hamstring. Mm. The cornerback Trivarian Thomas did a hamstring. And Will Anderson Jr. did an ankle for the in the defense defensive end, and it was just like strip this team apart. It's like I know a loss is bad, but they just compounded it with times three. So it's like I I was kicking dirt after this game. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was a bit sad to watch this. That's fair. I was I was like, please don't mean this is the end of the Texans. Like these are some pretty significant injuries for a lot of their important players over this form. Yeah, and I think it just. I think everyone's kind of rooting for them. Like, even if you're, you're not a fan, or they just, they're no one's enemy, I feel, and they haven't been for so yeah, long. And you're just good. happy to see way. them do yeah. well. And they go up against the Titans next week, and, and these injuries, it just kind of, it's scary for us to even go to question should the Texans beat the Titans. Uh, and I just, I just don't know how to feel about it, but I think keep an eye on the injury reports right now because it, it's make or break for these, these guys right now. Yeah, we'll have to really assess that as it comes through because it's a, it's a bad... It's a bad storyline for them at this time of the season. Yeah, where you've got Rookie of the Year, probably in CJ Stroud. People are talking about Coach of the Year for D'Amico Ryan. Like, there's there's a lot on the line here for the credibility I think they deserve for their season. So, we'll keep an eye on it, and uh, we'll talk about them in the preview, I'm sure. Moving on to Cleaver Browns versus the Jags. Now, late call here. Trevor Lawrence did line up for the Jags, which was a surprise to a lot of people. Everyone. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's still a surprise to me. Yeah. But it was not him that was the star here. The veteran Joe Flacco. Oh, boy. He threw over 300 yards. He found a player called David Njoku. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was on for young and old. I don't know if you saw the opening touchdown. Oh, mate, the, I saw the opening touchdown, <laughs> Where was the defenders? Well, that, that was, was exactly what I wrote down because both touchdowns to Najoku. Flacco, yeah. let, let's not take away from Flacco's passing for sure. Like we, we thought that was a pretty decent game. But there was no defense on Najoku. Both plays, 30, 40-yard throws, 
He was wide open. Yeah, if Mahomes on Sam and Sook, maybe go check what the Joker was doing because he might have just gone downfield early. Because like, there was no one around. Check the neutral zone. <laughs> like, yeah, he was. It was really odd because you're looking at the screen going, where's like waiting for the defender to come into the screen, and not he there. was not there. Nah. And it was really odd, but it's like it gave them the it gave them the start they needed. The Browns and the Jags. They tried that consistently hard to get back into this game. They'll get up too close to them and then, again, break away, get up close, break away. But the the Browns relentless pressure here on the Jags, four turnovers for the game. But as soon as Trevor Lawrence lined up, they were blitzing at every moment. And it was just that relentless pressure just was too much for the Jags in this game. And obviously the Browns ran out 31 to 27 winners here, Kat. Yeah, look, I think the Jags had plenty of opportunities to capitalise on mistakes from the Browns too. And yeah, Flacco had a great game, but he's definitely not without fault. And we both saw wide open interceptions and the Jags just couldn't get anything out of their offence here in terms of points. Do you think Trevor's feeling all right? Oh, no way. I don't even, He shouldn't even play this game. I don't. I feel it was a silly move by them, mm. obviously. And in hindsight, I guess, watching that the Texans have gone down pretty easy, they really did not read to risk him at all. Yeah, um, that's true. And it's just, uh, I just felt, they they felt urgency to them all the time. Like they wanted to get off the field quickly. Like, And I think that's because of that injury. It's like, don't get hurt, don't get hurt. Didn't, didn't like, stop just, Trevor from running. Oh, he's so, fourth down or third down. Like, don't put these boys out there. They're so rogue, aren't they? Yeah. Like they just, he was, he was, he was really good. He was really valid. Um, or whatever that word is. Valid. Uh, <laughs> Valiant. <laughs> valid. <laughs> I was thinking with valid. You're very valid, yeah, Trevor a, Lawrence. <laughs> you're, you're very valid. <laughs> All right, Cad, take us to probably the biggest upset of the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Lions went down to the Bears 28 to 13, and it was like, All right, okay, Bears, I see you now. You're coming through. Justin Fields, quarterback, missed several weeks at the start of the season. It's kind of making me wonder where this team could have been if they were healthy. And I mean, fast-track their development, maybe mid-season, because he was a key component of this team's success. He's known for his leg work. Justin was winning an easy first downs rushing and was kind of making a bit of magic happen. But it was the passing from Fields that impressed me, though. And I remember the stat from last year that he was one of the most accurate in tight window passing. He also had a lot of intercepts, which, you know, I don't know how you measure balances those stats out. up. But I think it balances out. But he did have some excellent uh, excellent passing this week. DJ Moore had his first ever rushing touchdown off the back of what probably one of the coolest play designs I'd seen. And it just looked perfectly and crisply executed by the Bears. From that point, they were just humming and they were off to the races. Surprised by this one, homie. The Lions have been doing this a bit this season. Ed. I loved what the, uh, the Bears did, but I'm like, how much is this on the Lions and their their decision making? Because even though they were down, they kept going on their fourth and fourth and one, fourth and three. Yep. You know their normal style of things, and this is the first game where I, they might have paid for it. I think uh, as they yeah, look, the defense they, they could the not Bears, keep going. Yeah, the defense actually really limited the Lions here. And, you know, the Lions are second in the league for offensive yards per game. But to give you an idea, in the second half, the start of the second half, it went for the Lions. Punt, 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 fumble, downs, downs, interception. They've completely crushed this offensive juggernaut and we've been complimenting them all year on 
You've got Laporta. You've got Armand Ra St. Brown. You've got two great running backs. Goff's been throwing up a storm. It's it's just so interesting to see. But how do you feel about these Lions coming into the future and, and going down the track now since they've had probably two of these losses in the past three weeks? You... I would, I kind of go into the mindset of when I think about them, I think about their fans and like mm. their history. Like this team has history in terms of not making it. Yeah. And I think any little chink in that, like any little moment where it's like that doubt sets Detroit's in. Detroit's going to give I, up. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I just like, I could just imagine, we've heard them boo already this season. And I just think, like they must, I worry about them. Like mm. that's all. It's like these these losses happen. Like yep. it's the NFL. Yep. They happen. But it's like the, for the Lions, I get a little bit extra nervous because of the the Detroit Lions. Yeah. You know, it's the, like when anything's yeah. going well for the Chargers. You're like, well, where? Yeah, is it? you know, something's <laughs> about to. This is this is uncomfortable. And I, <laughs> and that's it's it's a it's it's that for the Lions for me. It's just like where is that consistent three prong team gone? Mm. Like that, that now we're seeing like little elements that can't connect on the same day, and Goff's a little bit off. I can't, I, I can't deny that he's yeah, he's I'd a bit have strange to agree at the moment. I really have to agree with you, but I think the Bears' defense just outplayed the Lions here. Um, and containing Justin Fields when he's in rhythm is a challenge. But fun game though. I like Justin playing well. It's actually really entertaining football. So keep an eye out for the Bears. You know they're flipping some wins here. Moving on to San Fran versus Seattle here. Uh, so Geno Smith. Didn't end up starting. He's got a groin injury. Uh, so we saw Drew Locke line up for Seattle as quarterback after a decent start by Seattle. Um, San Fran, just roll them yeah. like they do to every team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as we said last week, who are you going to pick yeah. if you pick the 49ers yeah. over the Eagles? You know? They rolled them 28 to 16. It was still a good game. It was like Seattle has been in games but cannot convert. It's now four weeks in a row they've been like this and frustration boiled over, Kat. Yeah, there was a, a bit of a blue between uh, a man you've described as the Terminator, DK Metcalf, yeah. who uh, I think got ejected. Him and one other player from the 49ers both got yeah. ejected this week. Diomedor Lenoir? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen that name before. Anyway, he got ejected, homie. Yes. Uh, so he wasn't the original altogether. He's the guy that came in. Oh, never yes. Never be. Never come third man in, Kat. That's a golden rule. Never third man in. You always get set. Uh, <laughs> this was late in the game and it was just like, Metcalf, I think it had enough. They were frustrated. There was drop balls, uh, intercepts. Mm-hmm. They had chances and it's just, I think there was a boiling over of frustration for Seattle as they've been in games for a long time in a long window here, but just cannot convert. Uh, on the other side of the fence, the 49ers, they racked up some yards here, 527 yards, oh 28 points. <laughs> uh, they now sit atop, atop the conference. Pretty consistent, pretty solid, but... Uh, there's a highlight I want to, I don't know if you saw it, our boy, Australian boy, Mitchie. Wisnowski. Mitch Wisnowski. So he did a fake punt. Oh, really? I didn't, I did miss yeah, this, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did a fake punt and got down the sideline. Uh, didn't go all the way, but he got down, got to the first and first down. And yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. And it's a, it's a really good highlight. Check it out. I might check it up on the socials. If I can find the video, but oh, we was, love that. We love that yeah. on you, Mitch. And uh, well, you know, 49ers beat the Seahawks. There's not much to say there. All right. Play the horns. Because, homie. Cue it up, Cad. We know. Cue it up. That this was the train wreck of the week Raiders versus Vikings. And possibly train wreck of the season. Vikings came out on top, scoring in the fourth quarter, three to zero. 
I'm honestly shocked, Tommy, that the NFL was able to put out a highlight reel that went for 11 minutes on this game. No. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, that's secretly, I, that's how I measure which games are better. By oh, checking really? how, yeah. That's how I secretly know. Don't tell people the ingredients. Come on. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, if I told the work peeps, so they, they know the game, but... Wow, there's no way that game had 11 minutes. No way. It was the third 3-0 game in 40 years, the last being in 2007. Now, homie, we didn't have much to say about this game, so we thought we'd outsource it and give the fans of each team a platform. You were in charge of the Vikings fan. Who'd you reach out to? Oh, there's only one person to reach out to. It's number one Sandy, number one Vikings fan. So... (laughs) Unfortunately, I've got a diplomatic response here. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you have for a uh, sandstorm? She's like, a W's a W. Oh. <laughs> 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 but you can't really yeah. argue with that. I kind of forgot that there was a winner in this game. So, yeah, very yeah. fair point there from Sandstorms. Should he go on a 40-minute monologue after that about, like, how disgraceful it was that it was. To, she did say, "I told you it was going to be decided by a field goal," so she was pretty stoked on that. So. Okay, good. good. <laughs> Little did she know it was going to be zero three at the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was tasked with getting a Raiders fan. Yes, so give it to me, us. I hit the streets looking for anyone in Raiders merch. None of them were actual Raiders fans, so I had to dig a little bit deeper <laughs> and speak to my barber and, and key listener Brandon, who just had two words for us. Just free Devonte. When, <laughs> when you love someone, set them free. <laughs> because that is all you can see in the Raiders right now. I completely agree. Just get that man out of that team. Give him someone to pass it <sighs> to him. It's just, it's tragic. It's tragic. But Justin Jefferson, homie, we thought he oh, was coming that... back for this game. And he did. Uh, yeah. But then he and managed. And he went. <laughs> <laughs> it's a back injury. Yeah. Ribs injuries, chest injury. No, actually, they've said a chest injury, but he got hit in the back. That's why I get confused. Okay. Like I, I, saw, I saw the incident, and it's uh, they haven't told us time or what we're looking at yet, but mm. so disappointing. In, in further tragic news as well, our you know crushing blow to our hopes of comeback player of the, of the year, Josh Dobbs was benched in this game uh, for Nick Mullins to step up into the QB spot for the Vikings, and he was the one who led the drive to get them this glorious field goal um there was a good backflip in this game and i thought you can't really do a backflip in celebration uh, when you win three nil just saying I'll, i was cutting up my usual highlights reel and i'm like you don't get to do that <laughs> you, don't to be. <laughs> you don't get to do that <laughs> well oh. a w is a w she's not wrong <laughs> so let's move yeah. it on See the Chargers versus Broncos, homie. Well, this is another game where a W is a W, but a loss is a loss in this game. Uh, and the Chargers, oof, ouch. Justin Herbert did not finish this game. And the Sean Payton-led Broncos continue their growth and momentum, running out 24-7 to win. Cad, not good here. Not good for the Chargers. Not good at all. I heard it was getting absolutely roughed up this game, and there's no doubt that they've had huge issues on the O-line, sacked four times and hit another six times in the Chargers' first six drives. We had guys missing flocks, left, right, and centre, and, and if you're going to pay several hundred million dollars for a franchise quarterback, which they did earlier in this season, keep him protected, won't you? Like The current draft projections have the Chargers taking an outside linebacker 
for their first pick in the draft to bolster their defense, which we know, you know, we certainly agree the defense is in need here, but somewhere along the way, homie, the offense has really shut down on the charges. And I want to ask you something. I somewhat raised it last week. Seeing the Dallas offense pop off at the moment and the Chargers offense take a dip, do you think it's fair to raise questions about Kellen Moore's impact as the offensive coordinator now? If you don't know, listener, he's come from the Cowboys over to the Chargers earlier this season. It's hard to measure this team. I wouldn't say they've had a consistent season at all uh, in terms of players on the field, but it's it's the imbalance of the team overall that I struggle with. It's like the focus, I felt like the focus went to defense because yep. they were struggling so much and we sort of lost all this offense. Like it's like, I think like it's a system overall. It's really hard to gauge. And well, Justin Herbert's now got a broken finger with the right in, you know, yeah. so right index finger. So he's, he's going to be out for a little bit. It's, I just can't, it's the season's going to be a write-off now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. May as well do uh, the obituary now, but we will wait until they're officially knocked out. Um, yeah. Just in case. But, uh, yeah. I just find it hard to analyze them because we're not seeing enough to analyze them. You know, it's yeah. just like, it's just like, there's a whole system that needs reviewing here. And yeah. I think that's where the narrative goes. I raised the question. I think it's too early to tell right now. And, you know, I don't like, you know, when you get a coach in for a few months and then you slam him and throw him away. But I just thought it'd be fair to raise a question since we're slamming Staley so much for what's going on on defense. Now let's have a look at what's going on with the offensive coordinator. But something to keep in mind as we see this game develop next season. Yeah, but let's focus on the Broncos because they had a great win here, Cad. Uh, We saw wide receiver Cortland Sutton, another great game with Mm. a... Big highlight, great one-handed catch. Uh, running back Javante Williams, a TD. I believe it's two years since he's got a TD yep. coming back from an ACL. Good thing I drafted him in my there. fantasy. League. Yeah, well done to you. <laughs> uh, and rookie uh, Jali McLaughlin, outstanding game as well at running back. They got they're really developing this team. Uh, Sean Payton is like, what? Where did this turnaround come from? What a incredible <laughs> sort of. I can't believe I slagged him so much at the start of the season. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. We, we never know at the start of the season. And But, yeah, he's turning this Broncos team around. And it's interesting because you know when they lost the game last week, everyone's going, oh, I don't know, the Broncos might not be perfect and blah, blah, blah. Of course they're not. No team is. But they've got, they've got a little run here to get through the playoffs. And I know they go up against the Chargers again. They've got the Patriots, the Lions, and the Raiders to go. So... I don't know. These are all games. If the Lions keep faltering, these are games that they can win. And they sit one behind the Chiefs now. Mm. One game behind. Isn't that funny? Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Isn't that interesting? I wonder Patrick's not happy. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder they feel the pressure, Cad, but... That's it. Well, we've got two games today. The Giants versus the Packers and the Dolphins versus the Titans on Tuesday football, uh, which we will recap on Thursday's show. The Cardinals and the Commanders are on by this week. Bit wasted on those teams, hey, homie, to give them the late bye. Not really giving any of the top oh, teams a break. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be having a great long weekend right now. Don't worry about that. Well, uh, if the Cardinals are doing a dance-off in their locker room last week, I, I'm sure yeah. they're just really indulging in this holiday. But also, homie, I've got to note it. No Scorigami this week, despite the Vikings and Raiders' best efforts. I've got one for you. Oh, yeah, hit me. It's the first time since 1988 
two games on the same day have been zero zero at halftime. Oh, really? <laughs> good start. Good yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, and the, and the last other takeaway: if the Dolphins win today, they'll go top. They'll go top of conference. So Ooh, there's one for you to watch. This so. changes everything, doesn't it? Oh, the AFC's cooking. I'm excited. Yeah. So, Helmy, I think as we should do at the end of every episode, we're going to look at the wild card race. Can you let us know how it's going over in the AFC? Oh, this is heating up, Kat. This is so good. So, uh, I'll just talk about the in the hunt, the wild card spots. So, fifth currently, eight and five, the Browns. Then check out this list after this. So, these are all seven and six Steelers, Colts, Texans, Broncos, Bengals, Bills. All seven, All and, seven six. and six. Yeah, it, it's an interesting up, exercise to if you just see this list and mark an arrow up or down and how they're tracking because Bills up, Bengals up, Broncos up, Texans down for me because of these injuries. Colts, I don't know. Steels will go down. Browns seem oh, it's just too tight to think who's going to get. Yeah. yeah, and it would be such a shame not to see the Bills in the playoffs for me. So, but they're in they're in the eleventh spot so far. So let's see what happens. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's definitely one we're going to have to track for the rest of the season. But uh, I can take you over to the NFC, homie. Oh, go on, give us a quick rundown. Where go we've on. got from on the bubble or in the hunt is what they say. We've got the Rams, Seahawks, Falcons, and Saints, all six and seven. Ooh, yeah, all six and seven. The Packers six and six are somehow in the playoff. Oh, sorry. Oh, they'll they'll play today. So yeah, they'll they'll play that could come up. That could come up for them against the Giants. It's an interesting one. So keep an eye on these guys. And it's always good to check out the website. NFL.com has a great breakdown of all the playoff trajectories and spots and keeps you gotta keep you interested into who can actually make it. Your team has a chance. They always have a chance. Unless they're the Patriots. And Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Onside Punt. Remember, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started on your NFL journey, we've got you covered. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram and the TikTok. Thanks, Kat. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy these games today, my friend. Yeah, and uh, everyone, get on that, get on that interview coming out Wednesday. Oh, that's.